hello and get ready. Prepare your heart as we dive into the Word of God. Pastor Steve Castle of Beloved Church in Lena, Illinois, is about to lead you into a life-changing encounter with grace and truth. Jesus Christ has a divine destiny for those who are willing to open their hearts to receive His favor and blessing into their life. Our prayer is that you will allow the presence of the Holy Spirit to radically display the Father's love for you. You are part of God's beloved family, and that means you are greatly loved. Now over to Pastor Steve. In the scriptures, talking about the Holy Spirit in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, these are, these are some of those verses that people in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, thank you. Howbeit we speak wisdom, oh, I'm going to read it in the ESV. Yet among the mature, we do impart wisdom. Although it is not a wisdom of this age, it is not a wisdom of this age. It's so funny listening to some of the pontificators of our time who think that they're so wise. And they got it all figured out. Like, just yesterday I was um, meditating on, uh, because they're trying to convince you that the entire world is going to, the entire world is going to be destroyed by this carbon, whatever they're calling it now. They change the name a couple, every couple of years because people start catching on to their lies. Uh, global warming or global cooling or climate change, whatever, whatever they're calling it now. When I was a kid in school, it was global cooling. We were going to have an ice age, and then my kids go to school, and it's global warming. We're going to have a, a boiling age, um, and now they're just like, well, no, it's it's climate change. So you're saying the climate changes? <laughs> I'm shocked. <laughs> and the amazing thing is, everybody's, oh, yeah, oh, yeah it's climate change because it was 60 yesterday and 30 today. It's got to be climate change. And God bless the billion of ignoramuses that believe this stuff. So anyway, I was thinking about it, and, and they blame this all on carbon. Does anybody know what carbon is for plants? It's food. 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 So if they actually wanted a greener planet, what do you do if you want more of... So- wouldn't you feed it? <laughs> Which means less car. If we less carbon, that's less food. I'm just helping the environment by eating Mexican food and driving my F one fifty. I'm going to go ahead and get back to the scriptures. <laughs> Although it is not a wisdom of this age. Man, I, I, have, I feel so sorry for those suckers that get... Anyway, it is not a wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age. <laughs> they just think they're in charge. Walking around with their chests all puffed out. Well, I'm a this and that. <laughs> oh, God bless you. You know what you are in the kingdom? 
who are doomed. (laughs) I believe in fate. They are doomed to pass away. But we impart a secret and hidden wisdom. Welcome to the Cool Kids Club. Of God. Not my wisdom. Steve, stupid. Christ in Steve, wisdom beyond understanding. Every once in a while, that other dude will pop out and say something, a little flesh flash, and just slap him, (laughs) tell him to stay in the grave, and just let Christ out. Then it's complete wisdom from on high. Which God decreed before the ages for our glory. I do not have time to get into this, but this was actually for us before the world existed. All of this has been a plan for God to bring many sons unto glory. For the Father to have us. This whole huge, massive, universal thing was because the Father wanted sons. And how complicated we have theologicalized it. None of the rulers of this age understood this. Some of the Christians don't understand this. I've been teaching it for a long time. None of the rulers of this age understood this. For if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. I'm going to likely use this verse next week. And preach something that I'm hoping will peel everybody's skulls back. So I don't know what you're doing next week, but we're going to have a great time in here. That is one of the most radical statements in the Bible. This is saying that the devil was so stupid that he killed Jesus. And, and a lot of people in this room have way more respect and honor and fear of Satan than they do for the Father. Mm. Yeah, that was that was one of those, oh. And it's true. I know so many people, they can testify a thousand things that the devil did all week. And then they tie a bow on the end of it, but you know, I mean, God is good. Like, what God? What God, what God is good? Because <laughs> you just testified all week about what the devil did. He is not as smart as you think he is. Every once in a while, he'll even bring a demon-filled person in here. (laughs) I'm going to tell you what he tried to do to Mark last week here in a minute. (laughs) Sometimes it's almost like you want to feel sorry for the devil. You don't, but you want to, because it's like he didn't know what was happening. (laughs) He's ignorant. Don't tell him anything. And never mind. So many people give him the plans. Well, I'm going to do this and do that. And the devil says, all right, well, good. Let's meet you there. The next verse is one of those ones that that people like to quote in uh, without having revelation. This comes out of Isaiah where it says that, um, I has not seen nor ear has heard, neither it entered into the imagination, the hearts of men, what God has prepared for them. This is something that people say all the time. Well, you just never know what God's going to do. How mysterious are thy ways. It's the only time you'll ever hear uh, an American use thy. 
And, and all of this is just a cover-up for people that just want life to come and slap them around and then they blame God by default by blaming the devil. And Paul is literally using that scripture that people quote all the time to give God opportunity to... <laughs> to give God... To, I love you back. <laughs> to, give, to give God and, uh, like, make him blame him for the bad stuff. Well, you just never know what God's going to do. So whenever something happens and you didn't know where it came from, it had to come from God. Eyes not seen, nor ears heard. Paul uses this verse to literally prove the opposite. In the Old Testament the best you could have was the Holy Spirit to visit you. Come over, hang out at the house for dinner. And you'd prophesy, and it would be perfect. And then this amazing thing happened on the day of Pentecost, where the Holy Spirit knocked down the old house, built a palace, and then moved in. And people have been inviting Him back ever since. I can tell you how often I've sat in churches and they say, come Holy Spirit. And God bless them, I understand, they got broken theology. But sometimes I've even thought about standing up and saying, okay, I'm here. No, 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 the real Holy Spirit. Oh, because I have the fake one. You're asking for the Holy Spirit to come. You realize He came on the day of Pentecost. I don't, I didn't see the verse where he left. If you find it, email me. Show me the verse where he came down on Pentecost, did awesome stuff in the book of Acts, and then they, then he said, oh, that's it. Done with this, people. You guys are on your own. Eyes not seen, nor ears heard, neither centered into the hearts of man what God has prepared for them. Right? It's almost like dot, dot, dot. Now, we have received. Now we have received. The revelation that was being presented to us is that now we have received this wisdom, this spirit that's on high. So the purpose now is to show us what your eyes cannot see and to tell us what our ears cannot hear and to show our hearts how much God loves us. The Holy Spirit is shed abroad in our hearts for one of the main purposes is to show you the love of God. I've had so many people come up to me because I've had radical, radical encounters with the love of God. I've had so many people come up to me and say, hey, can you help me have one of those encounters like you've had? I'm like, I can baptize you in the Holy Spirit. It, it's not it's not like you're you're hand picked by God to be one out of a million to just have this amazing experience with the love of God. He literally one third of the Godhead has come to us to give us an opportunity to have a nuking experience 
with the love of God that's so much that it literally changes everything. In verse 10 it says, These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. That would sound super arrogant if it wasn't in the Bible. What are you doing on Monday, Pastor Steve? I'm going to search the depths of God. Not just me. You can. Or you can go to work and be a zombie. For who knows a person's thoughts except the spirit of that person which is in him? So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. So this is saying that you can know what other people are thinking, but only through the Spirit. If you try to do this in the natural, judgment, condemnation, evil. If you do this through the Spirit, gifts of the Spirit, words of wisdom, words of knowledge, understanding what's going on in people's lives, rescuing folks out of sorrow and grief and stress and pain and misery. And on top of it, you can also have the same Spirit tell you the intimate secrets of your Father. Things that He's been wanting to say to mankind for 6,000 years. And He just hasn't had people willing to listen. Maybe you could be that person. The Holy Spirit working on the inside of us does this amazing thing, was that He will never leave us in this, in this static place. If you've come in here and you feel like maybe you are lower than you once were in your spiritual walk, or if you're at an equivalent place that you once were in your spiritual walk, then I would like to encourage you with the fact that that is not the Father's plan. The best is yet to come. And one second from now is the time to come. And one second from now, and one second from now, He wants to take you from glory to glory. If your Christian walk is a roller coaster, you're on the wrong ride. If you're, if you're mountaintop and valley Christian, you should be born again because that's Old Testament rebellion. If you are not at the peak and the pinnacle of your intimacy with God and your experiential walk with Him, then He's inviting you into that today. And He will take you higher and higher and higher. Many of you know a couple Months ago, my father passed away. And you would probably think, like, man, that's just sucks for you, Pastor. Like, bad day. And and poor mom. I mean, what is she going to do? And she got some of those calls. God bless them. We didn't lose someone. I know exactly where Jim is. 
He knows exactly where I am. Nobody's lost. Um, I know that he is having the time of his life. And I think he'd be pretty irritated at me if I wasn't. (laughs) And those of you that remember him, you could pretty much tell when he was irritated. I don't want to irritate him. I'm going to have the time of my life. And mom has had... Had some really awesome days, and I had some days that I'm glad that I was I was over there hanging out with her, and we were letting iron sharpens iron. But what some folks don't know is that she struggled with some stuff physically. And it didn't get any better when you watch your husband die. And so I want mom to come up and tell a testimony about what the person of the Holy Spirit has done for her and in her, We're, these aren't things that we just uh, that we just preach. These aren't things that we're just uh, believing for. These aren't just things that we talk about. These aren't things that we just see them with the seeing of the eye and hear about them with the hearing of the ear. These are things that are that are real and genuine to us. So I want everybody to know that you're in <laughs> you're not in the natural place. And what the Father's done for Ma isn't because she's special or unique more than you. It's because the Father is love. That's exactly what Pastor Ryan started with. God is love. Love will do anything. Love will heal. Love will rescue. Love will deliver. Okay. Two, Two years ago... There was a cancer on me, and my husband and Jim are the only ones that ever have known it. And Jim prayed for me. He laid hands on me. Jim is her husband? She meant her son and her husband. Jim (laughs) laid, (laughs) laid his hands on me, and he prayed that God would heal me. And I agreed with him. And... I let it go. I, and nothing happened, but I continued to read Psalms 91 over and over and over. Psalms 91 is so powerful. And about probably six months ago, I heard a preacher say this, and it really resonated with me because I was asking God, I know you're my healer. And the preacher said, God cannot lie. He has a covenant in the blood of Jesus Christ. And in that covenant, it says he's my healer. That blood of Jesus Christ heals me. So I said to God, I said, you're my healer because you promised it. And one thing he said, if God breaks his word, he would destroy himself. And I said, God, I believe you. I believe you will not lie. I woke up two days ago and the cancer's gone. 
there's so many things that I, that I hope that you're that you'll meditate on later. What do you do if it doesn't manifest in two days? It took mom two years to work through that, and her husband passed away in the middle of that. The enemy is orchestrating a very detailed plan for your destruction, but God. But God. She's not the, my wife has been healed of cancer, my mom's been healed of cancer, there's other people in this room that have been healed of cancer. This isn't something that's just, that's just unique there. What do you want? What do you believe? Okay, well if that don't get you, strap this one on for size. Last week, uh, most of you probably don't even know this because you're, you were in your own world, and we had pizza. It's like children with Legos. You <laughs> bring pizza and everybody, oh, pizza. <laughs> so pizza was here. Um, and what uh, a lot of folks don't know is that in the process of getting the pizza here, um, Mark decided to die. <laughs> yeah, told you you didn't know. So... Uh, it was fun. <laughs> so, Mark, why don't you come up and tell us uh, what what the Holy Spirit did? Um, the short of it is is that uh, the enemy was trying to kill him uh, during during the whole service, and then right in the middle when we got done with worship, like of all times, like we're playing our heart out, and then uh, his. His wife and daughter uh, drag his limp corpse back into the yellow room where I'm trying to get ready to preach. I mean, it's so rude. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, and the the amazing part about uh, this family, we have we we adore the Bombards and Jen. Um, a year ago, the Bombards and Jen, <laughs> that's their daughter, um, they were Lutheran, now they're not. <laughs> and I, did you see how I did that? I didn't even say nothing wrong with nothing. I just said they were, and now they're not. And the the trek that their family has... Uh, has taken over this time. It's been so beautiful. I cannot tell you how many times Kay and I have like been to tears talking about the Bombards and Jen, <laughs> and and the walk and the things. And you know, and first they got born again, and that was awesome. And then they got filled with the Spirit. And there's nothing like a Lutheran filled with the Holy Spirit, <laughs> except maybe a Baptist. <laughs> and now Jen is in Karis Bible College, and she's going to wreck the world. And the and man, they are like they're like a steam train on on the track of the purposes and plans of God. And then last week, you know, I mean, the the enemy does not play fair, y'all. 
don't, he doesn't say, well, I guess they're having a great time with Jesus, so I'll leave them alone. <laughs> no. So they, so he decided to, to die at the end of worship, and so they drug him back there, and we just, we just all got together. I don't know who all was in the room, because I was just really focused, but, um, Mark was as white as this wall, every part of him. He was not breathing. His eyes were rolled back into the back of his skull. He was ice cold. He was dead. I've been a chaplain for uh, seven years at FHN. I know death, and it was death. In fact, I think Stacy said it's the first time she's seen like an actual miracle manifest in front of her eyes. So, so here's the thing. That's all cool. Woo woo. Um, so he got raised from the dead, and he's he's good. Um, and it tried to come back and, and kick him a second time right after pizza. Um, but Pastor Bob took care of that one. Um, and anyway, he stayed here for the three-hour meeting that I had with you all. Listen to this thing. We got. So here's the cool part. Blah, 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 raised from the dead. Here's the cool part. Mark had this incredible encounter with the love of God. I'll trade a hundred tumors and a hundred raisings of the dead for one radical encounter with the love of God. And I called, I called Mark on Monday and I completely, totally forgot. In fact, I think Stacy texted me. She's like, Hey, have you checked on Mark? I'm like, Oh crap. No. So I called him like, hey, bro, how you doing? And Mark says, Pastor, how are you? <laughs> Good, Mark. How you feel? Well, I haven't felt this good in 10 years. I said, yeah, that'll happen when you're dead and then you're not. And then he says, what do you do with all the emotions? This is like 4 o'clock in the afternoon. And I said, well, the bad ones, you put them in jail, arrest them, and throw them away. Um, the good ones, you just let them flow. He said, all I've done all day is cry and think about Jesus and read the Scriptures. And we chatted for like eight minutes, and it was kind of excruciating for Mark because he wanted to get back to reading and being with Jesus. And I was interrupting. And I hung up the phone and I'm like, that, in simplest terms, is the target for every one of you right now. So I want him to tell you from his perspective what that was. If he can. <laughs> He's been wrestling with this because he knew this was coming. Last week when Judy and everybody else was wrestling me in the back room, I was uh, 
all I want to do was lay down and go to sleep. But they wouldn't let me do that. <laughs> they set me in a ch- chair, and I heard all this praying around me. I, I couldn't breathe, and, and uh, I just kept my eyes t- tight. And I've been thinking all week of the, all the feelings I've went through on this. And I'd like to share the one, <coughs> the one that was best. I had my eyes closed tight. And all of a sudden, I was back in my old house at my parents' place. It was an old two-story farmhouse. There was, I was upstairs in my own bedroom. I didn't have any heat up there and no electricity. And my mother would make the bed with the sheet and then several layers of blankets in the winter because it was so cold in there. And I can still remember crawling in the bed and I was feeling like I was crawling into a sheet of ice and then pouring another sheet of ice over me till my body heat would warm it up. And I was thinking about that. And then I saw my mother. Long black hair, down halfway down her back, carrying me in one arm and having a basket of linens that she'd just taken out of the dryer that were still warm. I could feel the heat on my legs. She placed me down on the bed. And she pulled down the covers. And she sat down. And she grabbed one of the sheets. And she looked up at me. And she said, are you ready? And I jumped up on my feet all excited. And she opened her arms with that warm bed sheet. And I ran across the top of the bed. And I jumped, jumped in her arms. And she wrapped her arms around me. And she held me so tight that I could hardly breathe. I just became limp and surrender. I felt the heat of the sheet just penetrating inside me. I felt unbelievable surges of love that were just almost too much to be able to control. The joy I felt was extreme. It was most powerful feeling I ever had. 
the piece of that warm blanket wrapped around me it was very 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 special to me and I just laid there with my eyes when I finally realized it was no longer my mother holding me in my arm, her arms it was Jesus Christ holding me and I just laid there and thought and enjoyed it as long as I could and there was many verses I read over and over and over for the entire week I've been reading them and I came upon one that was special meaning to me I stand firmly rooted established in my faith built up with overwhelming gratitude for Jesus Christ my Lord and for beloved church my teacher and my mentor thank you I don't know I don't know what's blessing me more right now is uh Mark getting closer to Jesus or the fact that our entire church gave a standing ovation to someone who got closer to Jesus and they just regularly clapped for the person healed of cancer. That means that the culture that I've been cultivating in here, it's really happening. I, I love the supernatural. I love seeing folks healed. I had... I've seen multiple people healed radically just this week, just stuff and things. But I'm telling you, that right there. And when that's the focus, I can't tell you how more often it is for you to see the supernatural take place in people's lives. Because it's like blah, 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 stop dying so you can have this radical encounter with the love of God. Blah, 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 stop the cancer stuff. So you can have this radical encounter with the love of God. 
And that's exactly what Jesus did with his supernatural ministry. Healings and miracles and all those things, they were just like dinner bells so that people could come and sit down and have an intimate dinner with him. And it's happening, beloved. We are going into the great awakening. And these things are going to be so commonplace that you personally are going to have a hundred of these testimonies a week. And I hope that you see how important that is. So along that same line, my brother, 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 my, uh, my Pakistani brother from another mother has graced us with his presence among the beloved family here today. And he is going to exhort you in the kingdom and the word of God. And I pray that you hear. There are going to be things that he's going to say that are going to be very subtle. That if you catch them, they will have the opportunity to transform your life. One thing I want you to I want you to have your ears tuned for is the difference in what the rest of the world calls living for Christ versus what churchianity is in America. Churchianity is the wide road that leads to destruction. That is not what the rest of the world has offered to them. This is one of the most unique places. It's one of the few places you can be offered churchianity, and most people sign up. And they come pay their two-hour bill once a week, or twice a month, or on Easter and Christmas, pay their fire insurance. The reality is, is that Jesus is not Geico. And you are not promised anything except the things of the heart. So if you think you're paying your bill, you can't pay it. It was greater than you could ever pay. And in Pakistan, they're paying that bill every day with their lives. Uh, Donish showed us a video that he took two days before he left of 300 Pakistanis beating to death a Christian in the street because he was a Christian. 300 of them. They're not worried about being on video. They're not worried about any consequences. There are no consequences. It is absolutely approved to beat to death a Christian in the street in Karachi, Pakistan. And we can't get people to go past lunch. Danesh, come grace us with your uh, your ministry.
one of the thing i always said to pastor steve i mean whenever we used to talk i said there is one thing i would love to do when i will be there i never knew that when but i was sure that whenever the time will come that i will be with my beloved family i will do this one thing and shout with you a big hallelujah so can we say it together one two three hallelujah <laughs> come on god is good i am always honored and privileged to be able to serve along walk along this christian walk with pastor steve pastor bob lindquist they are amazing in whatever they does for the lord whatever they said for the lord we were there um, in 2019 we were together in pakistan and 2020 never gave us the opportunity to be together but i am glad that 21 again brought the opportunity to, for us to be together but when we were there in pakistan every single day and you know this is one of the thing pastor steve uh, always quoted that you know we don't have any free time in pakistan it is like a go 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 moment and you don't stop to do what you do because i believe that there is a momentum which is always there when you are out in the fields and the missions to preach jesus christ to the world and to the beloved church especially to this beautiful beloved family with every core of my heart with very core of my heart i am thankful and we cherish your friendship and partnership with us in pakistan the results we have seen over the years are enormous and astounding when you just think that you know just in a village where people are going through so many things i mean those things are not good at all to mention i was amazed when uh, i came to pastor bob's home and uh, i asked him that brother where to drink water from he said open the tap have a glass and drink water and i was like do you have a filter plant somewhere installed <laughs> inside that that cabinet where your water is being uh, filtered he said no from the river wherever the water is coming from we know that there is a filter plant so the same water which is in the bathroom is the same water right here in the kitchen tap and the same water in every tap of your house there people are drinking black muddy water i was sharing with one of the friend i said just in 2019 about 2000 children in one year died just because of drinking that black water and that thrives you because you can take the opportunity out of it and bring the love of jesus that thrives your heart when you know that people are suffering that's a reality but you can take the opportunity to bring jesus to them in the moment when they don't have any help from any authority government or other associations which exist in that nation i got to meet this woman in one of the village she was you know this woman had a, was was from a hindu background and she never knew who jesus is 
And when I got to meet her for the first time and planted a water hand pump in their village. After we were done, we were there having a cup of tea with the villagers, with the elders of that village. And this woman comes to me. And they are, they are from the culture where women do not even show their faces to you. I am talking about the tribal people. You know, you might some, have some tribes here as well. So they are those kind of tribals where they do not even show their faces to strangers and not other men in the village. Think about it, that I, I am somebody who has traveled miles and miles and miles just as a non-profit organization to plant a water hand pump in that village. And in my heart, I know that I will take the opportunity to preach Jesus, but yet I have not done anything. Uh, we have just planted that water hand pump. This woman after that comes to me. And I said that they are not even allowed to show their face. But in that culture, she kissed my hands, touched my knees with great respect. And I was like, wow, what's happening here? She said, brother, I want to say you this. I want to tell you something about my life. She said, I was raped, raped 12 times. When I used to walk about 14 to 15 miles every day, walk, not drive, not ride. 14 to 15 miles walk with a pot of water on my head. And while on the way, I was raped 12 times by these men, by the group of men, not a man, by the group of men. And... I attempted to suicide three times. One time, the thought of my children came in my mind, I stopped. Second time, my husband arrived on time and saved me. Just I was about to stab knife in myself. The third time, I had poison. The poison came, went in my body. But then my husband took me to that herbal uh, village doctor... And I was rescued. But I never wanted to live because there was such guilt as a woman that my dignity is no more left with me. And I wanted to kill myself. You have brought heaven for us. Now I will not have to go so many miles. But I will have water right here where I am. Think about it. She said, our government did not help us. Our authorities did not help us. What brought you here? There is an opportunity. That's what I was looking for. What brings you here? Now she was out of her emotions and asking me. What? I said, my boss is Jesus. And he is the one who sends us and wherever he sends us, we just go. So many people who do not know the Lord, they literally think that he is a man living in Karachi. And he <laughs> sends them. So I was there. I said, my boss. And she said, please tell your boss that we villagers are very thankful. I said, I can do it right now. I closed my eyes. That was the point. I closed my eyes. I said, Lord, she said, thanks. 
She said, thanks to you. It moves your heart that how by just being obedient to the voice and the call of God, you can impact the communities, nations, generations, and churches even. How just being obedient to the voice and the call of God, when you said, yes Lord, I will go. When you said, yes Lord, we are available to whatever you will ask us to do. Wherever you will send us, we are ready to go. And there are so many things which I will continue to share with you uh, during these 30, 35, 40 minutes. Uh, but here is the thing. Can you please look for this word with me? If you have the Bible, please turn with me. It's in Philippians The book of Philippians, chapter 1. This is one of the words which we read, talk. We, we love this verse actually. And this is, the, this is the letter of Apostle Paul to the church in Philippians. In Philippi. And here, in chapter 1, verse 21 and so on we'll read but listen to it very carefully it changed my life over and over again I kept changing you know just because of that one verse it says for me to live is Christ and to die is gain but if I live on in the flesh this will mean fruit from my labor Yet what I shall choose, I cannot tell. For I am hard pressed between the two. Having a desire to depart and be with Christ. Which is far better. Nevertheless, to remain in the flesh is more needful for me. And being confident of this, I know that I shall remain and continue. With you all for your progress and joy of faith. That your rejoicing for me may be more abundant in Jesus Christ. By my coming to you again. And the people of God said, Amen. Amen. Now this verse is one of the verses in the Bible. Which really, really focuses and presents a Christian life. A Christian life, not a life where you just say that I am a Christian, where you are entitled as a Christian, where you are named as a Christian, and you know people say, I am proud to be a Christian. But if you look in their life, they are not even anything. Right? If you just look in their life, you will find out that they said that they are Christian, they are proud to be a Christian, but they don't live like a Christian. And I love to say it always, that Christian is not the one who follows Jesus Christ. And goes to the church on Sundays, and on Wednesdays, and on Fridays. That's not the true and the complete definition of the Christian. Now let me tell you something. Christian is a person... Who is the follower of Christ. And he leads others to the Christ. That's who the Christian is. 
And Paul is writing this letter to the church of Philippians. Saying that I am so proud of you. And I so love you. But here is the thing. Learn something from my life. Now Paul was not a man who was grown in the church. Do you know that? In fact, he was famous, the Bible says in the book of Acts, that he was famous for one good thing, for the killing of the Christians. He was famous for that. And this man was not an ordinary man. He was a scholar of his time. You know the scholars? He knew all the theology. He knew all the doctrines. He knew the knowledge of the stars and moon that when it's going to rain. When, and he knew everything. He was a wise man. But he was a radical spirited man. He never loved anybody who was in Christ. Just one encounter with the Lord. One encounter with the Lord. On the way to Damascus. Changed his entire life. But I love the fact about him. He was not a fool like many people today who are alive. Even when people hear the voice of God. They don't want to go to him. Even when people know that this is God who is calling them. They don't want to do it. Even when they know that this is the Lord who is driving them into this place. They don't want to go there. But this man's behavior towards the voice of God was completely different. Because he was a wise man. Let me tell you today, people are making mistakes upon mistakes by not hearing the voice of God. By not, by not obeying the voice of God. And what he does... He fallen on ground, you know this, that complete story when he was on the way to Damascus, going with the, with the NOCs, with the permissions from the government to go and kill the Christians who are hiding in Jerusalem and bring them binded with ropes and he wanted to literally make them crawl on the ground, you know. He, he literally wanted to do something bad with the Christians. And here is Jesus meeting him, appearing on him. Manifesting in front of him. And all the people. All of his disciples, followers, whoever were, were with him. They, all the scripture says, fallen on the ground. And he said, who? And you know, I love it. He never said, hey dude, who are you? <laughs> he never said that. He knew something is happening right now. He knew that oh, something is wrong happening here right now. He never said, hey fellow, who are you? We cannot see you. He said, who are you, Lord? Do you even realize that what kind of fear was on this man who himself is famous for the killing of Christians? And he said, who are you, Lord? And here is Jesus responding him. I am Jesus. That's why I loved the song when they were singing. Great I am. I am Jesus. Bro, you are going to kill my people. I will mess your life. His life got messed up. Saul became Paul. Completely transformed and changed. Nothing of him left. But here is one good thing I love about this man. 
that when God called him, he said yes to it. He said yes to it. And, and let me tell you something good about our God who we serve, who we pray to, who we worship. is not the God of sword. He is not the God of sword. There are religions today in the world. They'll ask you, do you accept? No. Beheaded. There are religions today. They will offer you many things. Oh, believe in, a, believe in our Allah. Believe in our God. Believe in our belief system. Believe in our faith. We will give you a good car. You know, in our country, we always hear about the things like that. Brother Romulus is also here with me today. He's also from Pakistan, but living in Chicago. And he knows too, in our country, if you are working somewhere, they will always give you offers, except this religion, and we will give you house, car, bride. Not bribe, I said bride. (laughs) We'll give you bride, a beautiful one. Right? We'll give you everything. Just do one thing. Renounce your Christ and believe. And there are people I'm telling you, who are laying down their lives every single day, just to keep their faith in Him. Just to keep their belief in the real Lord. Renouncing the things of the world. And I loved when Pastor Steve mentioned right now, That there is nothing promised to you. You know, sometimes people think, I love the fact, I love the fact that God blesses us with everything we need, we desire. And I I love to say it about my life, that there has been no day in my life where I wanted to do something and God ashamed me. We did it and we did it boldly. We stepped in, the Lord opened His heaven. Here is the thing. They are picking their crosses every single day and following Christ. With their burdens on them. With great fear hanging on their necks every single day. They are walking, following the Lord. And they are committed that does not matter what it looks like. The next day I might have to sleep hungry. The next day I might... Come back home with blood on my clothes or possibly the teared clothes. You never know that what the next day will look like. You never know that, I usually say this, and Pastor Steve have experienced it. When we are out in in those tribal remote villages, we do not have internet there. We do not have mobile signals there. We do not have any resource that people would be connected to us. So if somebody kills me there... Nobody will ever come to know that where I was and what happened to me. But that is one of the places where you have to go and have to go carry your cross and follow Christ. Listen to His voice and do what He says you to do. Because it is not about me for a Christian. Oh, I am a follower of Christ, brother. I am coming to the church. Hallelujah. Rebo shatara He's not going alone. He's making an army to follow Christ. He's making an army to follow Christ. And I love what beloved is doing. I mean, you guys are amazing. I was astonished just the way 
for the encounter in Christ, with Christ, people gave the standing ovation. For, and this is one of the things we are losing. I am not against the churches. I am a pastor. But this is one of the things. We are following the miracles so much that we are losing the genuine encounters with the Lord. And I am an evangelist. I am telling you. We see miracles of all kinds. Organs coming back. Blind eyes opening. Deaf ears opening. Mute Mute tongues opening. And every single kind of miracle I have seen in my life. Even though I was in one of the meetings where this, uh, this uh, girl came. And she was, she had no ears. No ears. I mean this, this area of her face was plain. And I literally saw her mama brought her on the platform, platform crying. And saying, look at her. When we came, her ears were plain. I mean, there was nothing. There were no ears. And now I see something coming out here and it started to bleed. It was bleeding at the both sides. I saw miracles of all kinds. But I'm telling you something. That in your life there is nothing more precious than one encounter with the living Lord. One encounter with the living King. And that's what the Paul is presenting to the church today. People are ready to die for Christ. Do you know this? And in fact from the place. Especially where I have come from. They are so ready to die. On the name of religion. They can bombard. And I, I asked this question many times. I said listen. If you come to know. If you receive a call Sunday morning. Before the church. That we are about to bombard your church. Today. Are you going to come to the church? Are you coming to the church? I want to tell you a story which I shared with uh, my friends yesterday. I met this man after a bomb blast in in the church in Peshawar. A Methodist church in Peshawar. And uh, I love my, I love my fellow believers. Does not matter. Do you want to listen this? That we are not an American church. We are not a Pakistani church. We are not, we possibly are church in America. We possibly are church in Pakistan. Neither we are a black church or a white church, but we are church of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We are the church of Jesus Christ. And I love that how these believers behaved in that church. They had a bomb blast one Sunday. Everything destroyed. Chairs, stage, platform, lights. People died. About 60 people died. Hundreds of them got injured. Hundreds means that somebody lost their arms. Gone, blown away. And their legs blown away. Their body, I mean, eyeballs came out. And they they call it injured, right? (laughs) Wounded. Makes no sense, right? Injured. Say he lost his leg, man. And you say he's injured, wounded. <laughs> so in the news you hear 108 people injured. Go to the hospital, check on their bed, take off their blanket and you'll see that they have lost their legs. The legs were blown away. Now listen, this church have been through this tragedy at one Sunday. And the next Sunday they are meeting again at the same church. Same church. 
And not just one bomb blast, two bomb blasts in the same church on the same day happened. And the next Sunday, they are again gathering in the same facility. I was curious because, you know, that church, the pastor there, they are very near to my heart. We are very good friends. And, and one of the elders, he's a, he's a very uh, profound, meaningful boy. I mean, whatever it does, this guy lost his wife and two daughters in that, in that blast. I mean, that's all he had in his life. No mama, no papa, only a wife and two daughters were left. And I was curious to ask him this question. I said, brother, I was curious. I said, I was, I really wanted to know that what a person, because I know, I have seen some things like this happening in front of me, but praise the Lord, nothing happened such in my life till now. I have been through things. God saved me, la 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 la. But nothing like this. I never lost anybody from my family. This guy has lost his wife and two daughters. I asked him. I said, brother, what do you feel after losing your wife and your kids? (laughs) I was amazed. I broke up in tears blown out in my mind when I heard these words from this man just two weeks before he has lost his wife and kids and this is what he tells me he said pastor brother I have forgiven those who have killed my family I said what makes you say that he said didn't Christ forgive them Who crucified him, killed him, spitted on his face, gave him the throne, the the crown of thorns, did every bad thing, didn't he? I said, this is the Christian behavior we got to carry. This is the Christian. If I was at his place, I might have sold my house buy a bomb and go and do something about it. But this guy is right there saying that I have forgiven them. Now the Paul says, for me to live as Christ, yeah, dying is again. And people emphasize on dying. I can die for the Lord. Oh man, I have seen death so, so close. I have seen death three, four times so close in my life. One of the very sweet time I can tell you when my hand was broken into two pieces, Pastor Steve, remember, it was cut into two pieces and uh, I had to go through uh, eight hours of surgery. Only 4% blood was left in my body. I survived with that 4% for five hours. After five hours, we've got to find this one surgeon who could do my surgery and I lived. My hand is well. And I... And literally, I saw death like anything. And it's so easy. You know, if somebody is afraid of dying, I'm telling you, it's the easiest thing you can ever do in life. <laughs> it's so easy. Why I'm saying it? I'm, tell, I'm, I'm talking practical now. <laughs> Listen to it. Your entire body gets numb. You, lo- you lose your feelings and ses- sensations. In fact, when this hand was cut, I felt no pain. 
And I was like, wow, it's amazing. I'm about to die, but there is no pain. There was no pain. No pain. Thinking about this, that what if I get captured by Taliban, and they bring me on my knees, now think about it. That's, that looks a little painful. They will give the sword, the edge of the sword slowly, slowly. So just thinking about those things make you go a little, but once the sword's edge is in, then the pain is gone. <laughs> that's crazy. That's, that's how many people are preparing themselves. Now this is practical thing I'm telling you. This is how many people are preparing themselves for the days to come. What life you are leading. What life you are living. Dying is the most easiest thing. Oh brother, I love that girl. And I could die for her. How easy that is, no? Dying is the easy... I mean, think about suicides. People are committing suicides like crazy fellows. How easy that is, get rid of all your pain at once. How amazing, no? How easy that looks. But here is the man who brings us the model that dying is a gain for a believer. Yes, he's going to go just the way you spoke about your father and loved it. That you know where he is. And we are sure that where we are going. We are sure where we are going. But that's not the real deal. The real deal is here. That's the reward there. The deal is here. And what that is? To live for Christ. To live for Christ. Not to live for myself. Not to live for my, my, my this and my that. And he said that for me to live is Christ. In my family, I bring Christ. In my society, I bring Christ. In my city, I bring Christ. In my country, I bring Christ. My friend, I said it out loud millions of times. I love my country with all of my heart. But I'm a Christian first, Pakistani second. And so do I pray for you. That you're a Christian first and American second. And then you become an American Christian and I become a Pakistani Christian, my friends, we have so much to do today. Today, um, there are some magazines out there right now which you can take. One for a family, and on that you can see everything Grace Network is doing right now in Pakistan. Amazing things are happening every single day. We are seeing people coming to the to the Lord like never before. Right after I go back from here, I was sharing with my Beloved brother, Pastor Steve, that uh, right when I'll go back from here, we are about to plant a church in a tribe in Koita, where we already have about 180 people who belong from a radical background, and now they are in Christ, and we really want to disciple them. And even the pastor who's going to pastor that church, he himself was working for a terrorist group, which many people know, uh, their name was also mentioned in, in 9-11 and things like that. But now that guy who used to take care of the arms and ammunitions, he will be pastoring that church and leading people to the Lord. 
every single day. And I said, that's why I don't sit. I love to spend time with friends, family, you know, party. And, you know, I, we did a lot here. But you have to keep going for him. My friends, for you to live has to be the Christ. And dying is going to be again if you will live for Christ. If you don't live for Christ, there is no gain. There is hell. And that's a reality. You are going there if you don't live for Christ. And, and I told you that to live for Christ is not that I do wonderful things for Him. Or I go to the church, I pray, I tithe, I fast. I do and I lead others to do the same. I love the fact what Paul also said. Uh, I mean, after Jesus, Paul is definitely my favorite character in the Bible. And for many, yes, he is. And this is what he says. And I'm amazed at how confident he was when he said it. He said, follow me as I follow Christ. And my challenge would be to each one of you and every individual Across the globe who calls himself a Christian. And in fact I challenge myself every single day. Will I be able to shape my life in such a way. That I will tell somebody when my hair will grow gray. And, I, and my beard will grow gray. And I will be sitting with my hundreds of disciples. And that's what I plan for my life. Or possibly thousands. I'll be sitting with them. Will I be able to say them, follow me as I have followed Christ all of my life? That's a challenge. And I want to throw this challenge on you. Will you be able to shape your life in a way that you will say to somebody, even your kids at home. You say, oh, my kids do not listen to me. My question would be, have you shaped your life in a way that they should, should listen to you? Is your life is an exemplary life for your kids that they shall follow you? If you say that I do not have respect in the society, then my question would be, have you brought something to your society that they shall respect you? People do not listen to me. Have you shaped your life in a way that people shall listen to you? I'm 29. Yeah, yesterday someone was guessing 42. (laughs) And Pastor Bob is just 28. No, he's an amazing guy, I'm telling you. I love both of these men with all of my... In fact, I love the beloved family, but because I got to spend so much of time with them and just come to know deeper and have some insights about them, they have literally laid down their lives for the Lord. And the, and the truths they live in from the Word, even if I do not know that what Pastor Steve is going to preach next Sunday, I can still challenge you. It's a yes and amen. amen. Right from now. I, I am so confident about these men of God. By just closing my ears and keeping my eyes closed, I can still say that whatever he said was right. 
Because I know that what he moves in and what he has led his life in. My friends, I do want to tell you that today I have, I have come here. It was not an easy way for me to come, especially right now during this time of COVID-19 breakout across the globe. Uh, everywhere I'm going, like if I have been to five states, I had to get five different COVID tests done. I just, I just got one yesterday morning. And there is another one when I'll, I'll be in New York. I will have to get the last one to go back to Pakistan. It's crazy what's happening in the world today. It's crazy. But this is the challenge. Church, will you sleep at this time or will you rise and shine? This is the time to rise and shine. Radical belief systems in the world are roaring. The Bible says that the enemy is roaring like a lion. Finding somebody to be eaten. And I believe that we don't want people to be, to be the dinner for, for the enemy. Right? But we want people to be saved. I love what evangelist Reinhard Bonnke always said. Populating heaven, that's one thing. And then he said, plundering hell. <laughs> we plunder hell and we populate heaven. Just come and let's read it once more. And I want to go word by word to you. And then I'll finish up and I will give the mic back to my brother. It says, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. But if I live on in the flesh, this will mean fruit from my labor. Yet what I shall choose, I cannot tell. There is always a war between God in you and the desires in you. <laughs> I never said, don't, don't be mistaken with it. I never said that God in you and Satan in you. <laughs> but I said, God in you and the desires in you. God in you and desires in you. I believe with all of my heart that God wants to see a community which is rich in finances. God desires for His children to be wealthy, healthy, wise, and have every good thing in, it, in their life. But let me take you to the next step. What if you do not become wealthy? What if you have to sleep hungry? What if you will not have the clothes to wear? What if you will not have a car to ride? What if? And keep all those what ifs in your life. And then ask yourself a question. Will I still follow Christ? Will I still be willing to lay down my life for Him? I said it to him once. I said, Lord, I was very excited to say, I said, Lord, even if I will not have any penny in my pocket, and I was like, I will not have any penny in my pocket, I will still follow you. He said, let's do it then. <laughs> yeah, he did it. He took out all the pennies. He said, now serve me. And that's where I began my ministry in 2010. 
He said, let's do it then. I was excited. I said it. And he done it. He does it. He said, let's begin from this point. But over the years, he opened his heaven, heaven in such a way that he, he never left me empty for anything I wanted to do in my life. Hallelujah. Every single time, one way or the other, he opened his he- heaven and provided for that. Yes. And here is the thing. That there is always a fight between God and you and your desires. That's why the word of God. In fact, Jesus said, seek first the kingdom and righteousness of God. And some things will be added to you. Oh, come on. That's that's not what it is. What's that? A little bit, I think. Right? Some things... No, no, no. He said a few things. Small things. He said all things will be added. My friends, look upon the living Lord. He's not on the cross anymore. He's resurrected. But the first thing is, let's live the best life for him. Close your eyes and just declare this. Put your right hand on your heart and say this with every bit, whatever you carry inside you, collect all that compassion and put it in your heart right now. And say it, Father, say it out loud. Father, I will the best life. I will live the best life for you in Jesus name Amen and that is what you have to tell yourself every day that Father for the sake of the gospel for your kingdom and for your name's sake I will live the best life ever Amen and that's what that's a place where I want to leave you right now live your best life for the Lord. Amen. And when, and, and obviously there, there will be, I pray that some of us will be, you know, taken in the flesh, like, like Enoch and like, uh, like Jesus. But if not, and if we are dying, I have prayed this, I'm going to leave it. I, I will end it up. But listen, I have prayed this for my life. Even before, when this pandemic came, breakout, everything, I said, Lord, I don't want to die with flu. No. I don't want to die with flu and cough. That's not a death even. What kind of death this is? I have prayed over and over and over about my life. You, you know about your life, but I have prayed this for my life. I said, Lord, if the day is there that I will be taken... Take me as a martyr. Take me as somebody, like I visualize about myself. I'm preaching somewhere and some bullet comes and hit my butt. That's the kind of death I want. I mean, if I have to die, there shall be a legacy behind me. And not like people are crying on my death and saying, Oh, he died with the flu. (laughs) Come on. Oh, oh, he he was sitting there, he sneezed and he died. I mean, that's not a death we desire. 
Brothers and sisters, let's live the best for the Lord. Amen. Give a re- big round of applause for the Lord. We serve and I have Pastor Steve. Back. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing a few moments with us as we have encountered Jesus Christ through the ministry of His precious, life-changing Word. If you would like to learn more about the ministry of Pastor Steve Castle and Beloved Church, please visit us online at BelovedChurchIllinois.com or call us at 815-990-0367. Always remember that you are part of the Beloved Family of God, and at Beloved Church, this is where you are greatly loved. Now please open your heart as Pastor Steve proclaims the blessing of the Father over your life. Beloved. I pray, I desire, I declare that above all things that you allow the finished work of the cross to bring prosperity into your finances and also divine health prospering your body and all of these things are going to affect you in a supernatural way. As you allow your soul, your mind, your will, your emotions, and your personality to be perfected in prosperity that the Father desires for you to have. We love you, and we cannot wait to see and be with you again soon. Goodbye, beloved.